back to the podcast. Happy official beginning of Pride Month. And just a reminder that we're still raising funds for San Fernando Pride. And we'll be hosting a booth, so if you're interested in coming out for the day on June 25th, the sign-up is still open. So I kind of love that Pentecost has collided with the first Sunday of Pride this year, as I feel like Pentecost and Pride are both seasons for owning identities. Pride celebrations in June were begun in an effort to commemorate and celebrate the beginnings of what's been come to known as the gay civil rights movement, uh, in particular, the Stonewall Riot of 1969. So as one telling of the story goes, the riot began when police were conducting a raid as it was illegal to be queer, uh, but Stonewall Inn was a safe haven for queer folks. They had done nothing wrong. Um, they were celebrating who they were in the company of friends. But as this was happening, someone shouted, don't just stand there, do something. Which kind of sounds a little bit familiar, right? Just last week, we talked about the idea of don't just stand there and watch heaven. And the ensuing chaos became the spark that enkindled a major wave of LGBTQ activism, fighting for equal protection, and the celebration of the first pride. We can't forget um, that the first brick was thrown by a trans woman of color. Uh, pride is intersectional, and it is our duty to continue to uplift this history, especially as we know um, how much violence and um, difficulty trans women of color face. And so I think in all of these things and lifting up pride as we begin the month of June, is a pretty solid idea of following in Jesus's footsteps. But here's our reading for the week from Acts 2 verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at the sound the crowd gathered was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Alamedes, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Christians and Arabs, in their own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they're filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, 
Let this be known to you, and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of the Lord. Um, so Pentecost is from the Greek word for 50th, and it's the 50th and last day of the Easter season. Next week is Trinity Sunday, and then nearly six months of ordinary time begins. Pentecost is a reinterpretation of the ancient Jewish pilgrimage festival, the Festival of Weeks, or Shavuot, celebrated 50 days after Passover. So for the ancient Israelites, this festival was an inclusive harvest celebration, and over time it also came to mark um, when the Torah was received at Mount Sinai. For Christians, it celebrated the reception of the Holy Spirit and the birth of the church. And so the community of disciples are gathered, um, partially in reference to the text last week where Jesus said um, everyone should be together, but also because of this festival of weeks. So Jesus had promised the arrival of the Holy Spirit, and sure enough, shows up in this fashion. So this community is strikingly inclusive and egalitarian. The Jews that Peter addresses are immigrants from all over the known world at this point, who now all live in Jerusalem. And as the disciples continue to move throughout the area, um, it also opens up to include Gentiles as well. And so there is this push and this pull towards inclusion um, within the early church. And it's interesting that we get um, this cast of the church as a diverse and prophetic community, um, that there were meetings in homes, that there were meetings run by men and women, and it continued to move in this kind of com communitarian ethos that extended uh, to the church's social organization as well. Um, that's where we get those references talking about they would sell their possessions and goods, distribute the proceeds to all, as any had need. And so there's this interesting relationship that begins as they talk about this mystical yet tangible connection with the Holy Spirit that allowed them to transcend boundaries that had been in place, particularly because of language, um, but also, again, the cultural differences between these devout Jews and these Gentiles who are now included in God's vision of the church. And so the moral of Pentecost and of pride is a continuation of marking how those who people had outcast, who people had been deemed unworthy of God's love and presence, God reclaims and sets the record straight. And so in this, 
one of many spaces in which we read through the text, but also how we see through our human experience. We affirm the humanity and dignity and true belonging of LGBTQ plus folks in the church. As I've been working through my ordination process, I have been unabashedly open about my queer identity. And while the majority of the denomination welcomes this, there's still disagreement even within what we are connected to. Um, and there are ongoing discussions and disagreements within several other denominations as well in terms of the full inclusion of LGBTQ folks within the church, especially within leadership. Part of my story is that I almost went to a seminary that still practices conversion therapy, meaning that they were going to do their darndest um, to turn me straight, to turn me into something that I am not. Thankfully, I was able to uncover this before attending and completely 180 a month before enrollment and found Chicago Theological, which is where I just graduated from, where they affirm the full spectrum of identity um, and really give you plenty of tools to participate in LGBTQ inclusion and justice work, especially within the church. Something that I will never forget, though, is that the first time I even came across Mission Hill's website, it was obvious that welcoming and affirming queer folks was never a question if I were to attend. Um, however, we also know um, that queer folks still face violence and murder at an alarming rate in just the general world. And as we see Roe versus Wade endangered, we also know that protection for LGBTQ folks is at risk, right? Hate crimes still occur within the U.S., and it's still illegal to be homosexual in multiple countries. So obviously the work isn't done, and yet we hope to be a space here at Mission Hills of respite, knowing full well we can't solve the world's goal of inclusion overnight, but for us, for here, it is not a question. For queer folks, you can be here and you don't have to pretend. You don't have to measure up to an invisible reference point. Here, you can just be. And in the midst of the balance between the experience of queer joy, queer pain, um, we are here. We're not going anywhere. And both seasons of Pride and Pentecost seem to be grounded in experience of the life-giving connection between one another, between our identity and the divine, and the knowledge that this is who you are supposed to be on purpose. And Peter was not ashamed to stand up and speak out in the face of judgment, and neither were the men and women at Stonewall ashamed to stand up and speak out. And like Pride, Pentecost is a time where we get to be proud, to be part of the church, to open ourselves up to a renewed sense of what the Holy Spirit is doing, um, and hopefully that propels us to move forward as we seek to live life in justice, that that's love in action. It's love done not just you know, in 
in the space of the church, but it's one um, that we're not ashamed to share. And I think the call within this passage um, and within Pentecost and within Pride is then we need to listen to the voices of queer people, especially queer people of color, to lead us in the future of the church. A church can only be safe for all of us um, if it is safe for the ones who can push the farthest to the margin. I think God has given us instruction to pay attention to who has a unique and equally important image of God to share. I love that Peter used almost his privilege to direct the Jews to listen to these Galileans and that God empowered them to speak in a way that would be heard, that would meet people where they're at. And for me, and I hope for many, that is gospel. That is what it means to live into the space of inclusion. And I know we've had this conversation more times than I can count. And so sometimes it can be hard to figure out a new angle uh, to talk about why it's so important that we show up as queer affirming uh, to say that we are not whole as a community unless queer people are part of the table. That I think is powerful and that is radical in comparison um, to how we've seen queer people treated. And so I, I just hope that we can um, share some time in dialogue, uh, share some time just in celebrating one another, whether you identify as queer or an ally, um, we are all part of a family and we're all necessary um, to be able to move the space of queer inclusion forward. Um, so whether Sunday just ends up being a celebration of the beauty of this community um, or we continue to dive into this interesting dynamic between Pride and Pentecost, I'm excited to see where our conversation goes and also to be able to share some things that I put together uh, for y'all um, in, in this time. And so looking forward to that and we'll close as we always do, as always. As we approach this week, may we love God, embrace beauty, and live life for the whole.